What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rayfield Davis podcast. Um, this week, make sure you check out me and AJ Hammonds. We'll be at the Lafayette kickoff bash on Friday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. in West Lafayette. Um, this week, we got a special guest joining us, uh, Roy the Maker, Boy the Maker legend, a name that rings a lot of bells, a uh, name that you hear about before you get to campus, whether now or then or whenever. Uh, everybody, Kelsey Barlow. What's up, Kelsey? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for that introduction, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, straight up. Listen, so um, Kelsey, I just want to jump right into it. I know I know a lot about you a little bit just from my father growing up in Indianapolis, um, knowing you at Purdue, uh, kind of following you even after Purdue. But just kind of want to take it back to the very beginning. I know your father played ball. So what was that like coming up, um, having a father that played ball? Was that kind of where you got your introduction to basketball? Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think the year I was born, they won the championship. So I think I could feel some of that energy as well. But yeah, I mean, I used to go to his games, his practices, like as much as I could. So that was pretty much definitely my introduction to basketball. I thought everyone else's parents had basketball players as parents. You know, that's how much I was thinking, you know what I mean? But yeah, that was 100% my introduction to basketball. Did you did you travel a lot as a kid, or did you live? Did you grow up in Indianapolis, or what was that like? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was born in Greece. I lived there for like three years, three school semesters, or whatever. And then, uh, in the summers, we'd come back to the states. And then after like age three, I think we moved to Italy for like the next seven years or so. And so I went to school in Italy. I went to like the actual Italian school, not like an international school, or whatever. And so then. Uh, I went to like middle school, like fifth grade, middle school, and high school in Indianapolis. Yeah. What was that like? Um, just I guess school in Italy. Do you remember anything about it or any yeah. differences from American school? Uh yeah, it's way different, man. I I never got adjusted to American school, to be honest with you. So like you go to school six days a week. So you go Monday through Saturday. And then like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you go to school from like nine to five right and then tuesday thursday yeah tuesday thursday saturday you go to school from like nine to twelve right so the days you go nine to five you get like you go from like nine to twelve then you get like two two and a half hours off for lunch and then you come back do like a little afternoon session so when i started going to school in the states bro like you get like 20 minutes for lunch bro <laughs> <laughs> they make you go back to class I was sleeping for the next hour bro I never really I never figured that one out but yeah, yeah. that's like one of the main difference from structure standpoint did um just out of curiosity like when you came back because obviously that will be a big adjustment when yeah. you came back did the teachers or did the schools did they understand that you were trying to make that adjustment or was you just in trouble all the time come on man I'm I'm black Right. I'm not really the race guy. So I'm just saying this. I'm black. My name is Kelsey. And I say, hey, I'm from Italy, bro. They don't really they're not believing one of the three things, bro. You are, you know what I mean? First day of class, I raised my hand, Kelsey Barlow. They're like, oh, you must be the class clown. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, bro, because you know, most most people at that time with the name right. Kelsey were. I'm female or whatever so yeah between the three they weren't believing too much anything you know what I mean until my dad showed up he's like 6'10 so 
until he showed up, man. It was like, this dude is just Pinocchio in here, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was intense. Yeah, that's funny, man. That's what's up. That's, that's a cool ass story, man. So then you start to, so did you hoop when you were in Italy at a young age or were you playing oh, different sports? Oh, or? man, I was, I was hooping at 100. I mean, I did everything, like, well, a lot. I did, like, horses. Um, I rode horses, like, equestrian style, not, like, racing. Um, I played the piano. I did, like, ballet. I did, like, a bunch. My mom made me do, like, a bunch of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yes just forcing me into it you know what I mean but I liked most of it but I ended up just liking basketball more because I was like the only time I can spend with my dad if I caught him like at a game or in practice and stuff so when you're that age and I think my dad was pretty much one of the best players if not the best on each of his teams you know first round draft pick playing overseas you know big ego at the time um the way he talked about like other players you know I felt like I'm like, they garbage, you know what I mean? So as a kid, like, man, like, when it came to basketball, I thought, yeah, at least if I wasn't a starter, I should be a six-man on a professional team. That's how I was thinking, you know what I mean? So I don't know. That's 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 how I was living in Italy, for sure, just all basketball for the most part. And having that confidence instilled in you and kind of feeling that way about yourself, when you came back, well, when you came to America, yeah, how was that integrating into basketball over here? Kind of the new kid on the block. That was tough, man. That was tough because I grew up, you know, in the suburbs like Carmel, like, and then in Italy, I'm like, you know, that's a different culture. But so my dad had me go play out in the gardens, where pretty much everyone who's a pro over 24 is play at the gardens. Um, right, and like that's when I got really introduced to like trash talking and like false threats. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> You know how dudes are talking when you play, like, oh, you from Carmel, da, da, da. you know, like, it's like, I'm like, is this guy going to beat me up on the court? You know, is he going to beat me up? So I used to be timid for probably, it took me like two years to get out of that timidness. And then like, once I like kind of got going, I just started playing the numbers of it and it became pretty easy, I would say. What you mean playing the numbers? So like in eighth grade, I think our team was like fourth in the country or something like that. And, like, I had one dude on my team was, like, seventh in the country. So I saw how they were ranking players. So I was like, all right, they're basically ranking at that. In eighth grade, they rank up to, like, 250. And then in high school, they go, like, 100. And then they spread it out to 150 or something like that. So I was like, all right. Like, all the high major schools are, like, the top 50 schools in the country, give or take, right? And I'm like, if I'm on the fourth best team in the country, I'm sure I'm coming off the bench that puts me at like a low mid-major if I'm doing the numbers as far as scholarships per year and like, you know, how many players are like playing and like, where do I rank in the midst of all these players? So like right around eighth grade, I started being able to figure out like the valuable tournaments, like, and how you pretty much get recruited and stuff like that. Dang, that's tough. That's, that's tough. That's tight. I had an eighth grade, I had yeah. none of that. Nah, I mean, my dad was a player, so, yeah, like, no I was looking at basketball stuff anyway, but I could, I was just, like, I mean, if you're top 100, they give out three scholarships, you know, per per team. That's, like, you know, three per team, top 30. That's, like, 90 puts you at, like, the top 30 teams for the most part. You know what I'm saying? So That's crazy. That's I was, like, off the bench, top four team in the country. That's low mid-major, so I put – 
I put Purdue and Rutgers on there. So I was like, those are pretty low, low like they were weak, high major teams at the time. Yeah. So I was like, I fit right in there, <laughs> right in there, right? And so what um you play at Cathedral, you have a, you have you guys are pretty good, Cathedral, right? I mean, we're all right. We won city like every year, but we never got out of sectionals. So mm. I don't know what that defines us as. <laughs> And what, why Purdue? Because at that time, like you said, I mean, Purdue was kind of on the come up at the time. So what, what made, I mean, what made Purdue your choice? Were you being recruited by other schools? And kind of why, why ultimately you led there? Yeah, like I said, I was doing the math for the most part. And so I was like, all right, like, I'm pretty much getting like half the Big Ten, pretty much all mid-majors in the Midwest, like a few, you know, outliers from all over the country but I pretty much had as much as you can get in the Midwest outside of like Ohio State and maybe you know one big school like that I don't know Michigan State maybe like that and so I was looking at it from a social standpoint more so than anything I'm like most of my friends are pretty much going to go to IU or Purdue we have like a 99.9 percent graduation rate 50% 50% go to IU or Purdue, other 50 go somewhere else. So most of my friends are going to IU or Purdue. So I pretty much had like cut it down to that. And I didn't really feel like, I didn't really feel like going through the whole recruiting process, to be honest with you, like going on an unofficial every weekend didn't really seem too appealing to me. Right? So like at that point, I was like, all right, I got to make a decision before I'm just driving with my dad every weekend, bro. <laughs> going to one of these schools. And, I, you know, at that time, I thought each school had, like, the same amount of resources. That's one thing I had wrong. I thought, like, everyone was pretty much having the same sort of day, same sort of resources. Obviously, that's not the case. But that was, like, the one part of my math I had wrong. I feel that. I um... I definitely understand. My, I was the same way. I committed after my first, well, my first high major visit. I committed after Purdue. I committed yeah. on my drive home from Purdue. My after it was my freshman year still. So like yeah. the recruiting process wasn't. It wasn't for me. I, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate it. like and and I, and I, and, I, and I feel you too on the <laughs> driving on the highway with my dad. I definitely feel that. Like it's definitely <laughs> the official unofficial visits. I get exactly what you're saying. I was taking those. But um, <laughs> while you were at Purdue, as a freshman, you came in, you guys won some games, you played with some good players. Any memories from that year stick out when you were coming in? Because you made, if I'm not mistaken, you made all freshman team, right? Yeah, I was more shocked than anyone on the planet. I'll tell you for sure. I was like, whoa, dude, what is everyone else doing around here? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so, but no, I'll say like, well, before I got to Purdue, like in maybe, I want to say May or something like that, it was, I believe it was Keem Grant, Juwan Johnson, and I all working out at this guy, Ed Schillings. And then there were some pre-draft guys, like I believe it was Luke Zeller, Jeff Teague, and a few other guys. So that was like my first, like, because I was just seeing how everyone was playing in that unique scenario. Right. And then when I got to Purdue, um, It was competitive. I felt like it was, you know, I don't want to talk bad about anyone, but like the weight program a little bit was, I mean, it was a little different before. You guys had Josh, right? Yeah, I had Josh. Yeah, there's a guy before. He would would have us in there, bro. Like, 
bruh, I'm like, yo, I can't feel my arms. <laughs> I couldn't like, I just felt so dead, bro. You know what I mean? And uh, so like all that was going on. So I was kind of clouded. I would say like, you know how you first get to college, you're like, man, I don't even know. Like, am I committed to this? Like you're having all those questions, like whatever, whatever. And so I didn't really know like the first few months, but then I remember like, uh, like school started back up. There were more students on campus and we had like a Friday open gym at like five. And like, everyone was kind of lollygagging ready to do Friday night activities before, you know, season starts and stuff like that. It must've been like six o'clock. I think Keaton Grant like tossed the ball, like challenged a few people to a fight. And he was like, listen, if y'all want to like, go party and stuff like that like you can leave right now but we're over here stacking it up saying final four or whatever like we're here to play basketball blah 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 and so everyone kind of like and he was like calling people out like where's like hold up bro what, what, what's the deal and so it got serious bro we played until like 9 30 10 o'clock bro I swear so like after that I was like yeah everyone here is like trying to win right now so you know, you just wanted to get on the court and like give your best to like be involved, you know what I mean? Because like with that mentality, you're playing from five to nine thirty, ten, bro. Like you're obviously committed to whatever is <laughs> going on, you know. So that was probably the as my freshman year, that's like something outside of a game or even like co- under Coach Painter's umbrella that happened that I was like, Yeah, I think everyone's wanna like sacrifice to like win or whatever. Well, that's real. That's all. We had a few of those moments my junior year, no, but that's um that's important. So you had leaders like Keaton Grant, I think. Yeah, Kramer was there. Rob, Juwan, yeah, Etwan. So I'm gonna ask you a question. This is I wasn't even thinking this before, but if you go one on one, King of the Hill to five, yeah, who wins on your team? Uh, who? Uh, it's different. That's a tough question. From a guard standpoint. I, I'm taking myself 100% of the time, like, like, you know, because, like, I couldn't shoot really at Purdue, right? But Coach Painter makes you press up. Yeah. Like he makes you press up, bro. And I think I, I had to be the best defender on that team, you know. Yeah. There's a few arguments towards Kramer, Lewis, and even Juwan carrying the paint, but I feel like I had to be the best defender. Yeah, I'm taking myself one-on-one. And then Etwan really didn't want that kind of smoke. Like, like in a five-on-five, Etwan's definitely cooking it up because he's he sees the floor from every angle. But in a one-on-one so direct and you got to press, especially like at Purdue, I'm taking myself. Juwan, Juwan between Juwan and Rob would be t- tough for the bigs. Like everyone else is not close to Juwan and Rob. Like Juwan used to sit out of practice because – the other bigs just weren't competitive enough for him, bro. I promise, bro. You'd be doing good. You know how guard drills go, bro. So oh, you're just like padded ball screen after ball screen, then to play one-on-one or something, you know? And then you look down, Juwan's just drinking water, bro. He had dunked on him 10 straight times. Like, so he wasn't even practicing. So but Rob was Rob was real ignorant too. Like people think Rob was just Oh, this good guy, Rob, is a competitor. I remember Rob came back from USA my freshman year. He said, uh, I think two of the freshman bigs were on him. He said, yeah, uh, I'm just going to post up, like, 
They can't guard me out here on this week, bro. And he posted up, bro. This is back brace and all, bro. I was like, who is this dude? He's talking crazy. But I don't know. Like, one-on-one guard, I'll definitely take myself. But big is between Rob and, and Juwan. I feel that. That's what's up. Yeah. While you at Purdue, what's your most of uh, the game that you remember most? Who was the team that you, the team that you looked on the on the on the schedule, or you seen the sky report? Maybe your yeah. sophomore year after you played them, your freshman year, the matchup that you wanted, rather be a player or a team. Uh, I don't really. It was probably more a team. I don't really like too many players. Like, like we played Evan Turner, but I was like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he's doing this to everybody. I wasn't a believer, you know what I mean? Like Draymond Green the same way. Like, I'm like, I, I see him doing good, but I just don't know how he's doing it. So those are like the two best players, but everyone else, I don't know. The best, the best probably two games I would say was probably Tennessee in the Virgin Islands. Yeah, that's probably the best one because we had to win to play them. And they were talking crazy like the whole week in the hotel, bro. So yeah, I seen him in the hotel. Yeah, you know, like when you go to like those tournaments, oh, everyone's tournament. yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. same hotel. And so like the whole week, like at breakfast, they're saying like little slick stuff, like y'all better win, y'all probably not going to though, like you know, like doing us like that. So I think Etwan, Joan, and Rob, all of them just killed, bro. It was pretty. It was pretty good. That was probably a good one. And then maybe West Virginia when they went to the final four, it was a pretty good game. But, I mean, outside of that, you know, those are pretty thick scouting reports going into the games. Man, for me, like, it was a, <laughs> it was a blur. I didn't, you know, I couldn't tell the difference between two of those games. <laughs> no, I feel that. And one, one more question just about kind of your experience at Purdue is that I got to hear it from you. What was your fastest mile time? Oh, I don't know, man. Like... I think I might have got like five minutes, like five or something like that. Something like that. But yeah, something like that. I can't remember. It was, it was before you? Nah, bro, I just do the math. So we had some walk-on dude, Bubba Day. Yeah. He was a walk-on. And like you, know, like, you know how walk-ons are in a way. I hate to say this like this, like it's a different species. But, you know, the walk-on is not, not going to allow him. The way Coach Pater picks a walk-on – that guy's not going to allow himself to fail. You know what I mean? (laughs) He's going to make the time every time. His ego is not in a place to not make the time, right? Like, so we had this dude, he had played soccer, and he was a walk-on. I'm like, bro, I'm just following this dude, bro. I'm just following him, bro. And then I'll just give him my best the last lap. That's just kind of how I ran it. So I don't, Cause the mile's hard if you don't have like a good pace, bro. Hundred like, percent. You know what I mean? But like, if you can just follow somebody, like, okay, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was on with it for sure. I was like, yeah, he's gonna make it. Like, he's a walk on. You know? He was our job. Bubba was our John McKeeman then. Everybody knew John McKeeman will make it every time. <laughs> yeah, okay. like he used to write the times on his hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. So something like that, five oh five, but. In my sophomore year, I ran it like 10 times. 10 times? Uh, sophomore year was stuff. Every other year I made it. Sophomore year was also the year we came in last place. So, like, my fault, like, we, I think probably the first time, I probably more people didn't make it than did. Like, you wow. have yourself, 
this is sophomore. You had myself, Tyrone, Ronnie, Jay Simpson, AJ. <laughs> Just the way you said those names. Donnie Hale. Like, oh, I don't know, Donnie. Yeah, like, no, Donnie. I don't think Donnie actually made it to the mile that year. <laughs> so <laughs> it just was a lot going on. We had a rough year. You yeah, I ran like eight times. We ran it so long. We were running this so much that year that I ended up end up making it inside the indoor track because it was too cold to go outside. And then oh, I remember Tyrone, <laughs> Tyrone and Jay and Ronnie Film had to go outside in their coats. <laughs> and it was in October by this time. <laughs> Bro, that's right. Okay, it was a lot going on. But all in all, from from your experience at Purdue to your experience at USC, I mean, because you ultimately, I mean, you went on to have a good career at USC. Yeah. What was kind of your most memorable moment in your college basketball career? And if it's something that you could tell yourself before going into school that maybe someone's listening to right now in high school to learn from, what would it be? Wow. Um, most memorable moment. I would probably have to say, uh, yeah, probably probably after we beat Penn State for that for the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just like, you know, you remember what happened after the game. You remember what happened during. You remember the nervous feeling. You know, I remember like pretty much everything. Um, yeah, that was definitely the most because I mean, then you win, and then like, oh no, it just kind of sticks with you. Like when you lose, or even like personal statistics for me don't really stick stick with me so much but like a significant win and then when you're the obviously the best in the whole league is is pretty significant but something I would tell myself like before if I went to college again or something like that Mm -hmm. oh I don't know maybe like this may sound weird but like, you know how, like, when you get to college or even when you get to high school or, or, like, that new that new opportunity, that new situation, and, like, there's that whole buildup from other people as to, like, what's hard, what's easy, like, where the power is, you know? And I would say I'm almost, like, put that noise out and just take everything for what it is. I think sometimes in college I just put credit in the wrong places at the wrong time, and then I'm looking back, like, not doing it correctly in my opinion something like that like you know because if you like go in you're like this is going to be the hardest thing in my life or you know this player's so good or this coach is so tough you might hear it or you might process the information differently than just taking it head on yeah that's real dang that's i like that no that's real and then i mean obviously after you you finish up your career you go on to play pro ball yeah. Where where have you played? Where are you playing now? What's been your favorite place you've played? Yeah, I played in the G League. I played in France. I played in Greece, Turkey, uh, Argentina. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, that might be it. I think so. Something like that. What's been your favorite club to stop? Ah. Uh, Man, I don't know, man. Argentina was pretty fun, man. Like, Argentina was really, like, dude, I went, like, three games. I shot, like, five for 27, six, six for 30, seven for 32, bro. Like, you know, in Argentina, we won, we won all three games. 
so like from that <laughs> bro I was like how the hell did we win and I just shot five for 27 um that was pretty fun but like turkey's probably from a competitive decent stage that's pretty fun but I would say as a professional, the TVT was by far not even comparable to most fun, most fun basketball I've played as as a professional. It's not even close. What was that like getting back out there? I mean, you playing with Purdue again, you playing for a former teammate, and now this year especially, you had more of the guys that you played with back on the court with you. So what was that like? Man, it was – I mean, just from practice to – the meetings to the game and everything like that. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was like super fun, bro. Like, and then you're playing like, like 7 PM on ESPN, bro. Like, so the energy around it, you can feel it. Obviously, like, like if you play overseas, for example, you know, no one's watching and you know, you might get like a few texts from someone in the States, like, Oh, how'd the game go? Or I saw you played or, you know, some little something that is like you're just gonna respond and forget about it. But like going into the games, like you know, you're like, well, everyone my age pretty much goes to a bar on Friday or something like that. They're gonna probably be watching the game. It's on ESPN, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And you can feel it. So, and then playing with like Rob, I thought, like, because you know, he was like the marquee guy for our team. Like, he's doing all the he's doing all the stuff. You get me? I felt like he wore that leadership role, like. I liked how he went about it, to be honest. Like, you know, I don't know about his points and all that. Obviously, he played well. But, like, just how he went about it, like, you know, like his approach to it, I was like, ah, this dude is respectable. You know what I mean? Like, so that was tight, too. Like, just the way he goes – he's the way he goes about the game, I don't know if I've played with a pro that goes about it as well as, as him, you know. And i played with some pretty decent pros, like, in different scenarios. Like, the only pro that I've played with, that goes about it a little bit better than him, but it's close. It's probably like Paul George, bro. You know what I mean? And for someone that, like, for someone that doesn't play the game or haven't played the game, what do you mean by that when you say how he goes about the game? Like, so I, it's it's not it's like sure you might be on the same team, you know, but it's not even, right? Even at the professional level, if one player makes more than the other there's some difference in value, some difference in responsibility, depend, obviously there's outliers to the curve, but so I felt like, like the way Rob came in, the way he took it seriously at times, the way he was light about it at times, like the way he got his shots up, the way he was focused, you know, just his approach, just his being like his aura, like everything about it, like it meant something to him, you know what I mean, and he wanted to be the best at it, in my opinion, and that's sometimes it because you can tell like sometimes no matter the talent level someone may come in with the already predetermined excuse point finger insecurity whatever it was and I felt like the way Rob came to the game like he was like I'm owning it you know I'll attack it whether the dude scores on me or not like I'll, I'll chirp the ref just you know I'm the guy on the team like I felt like that was probably the most impressive thing to say to see you know what I mean and like damn like He's going at his ass, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like, so that was pretty tight. But everyone was cool. Brian coaching was great. Like, What's to that see like that kind of team? Huh? What's that like playing for a teammate? Ah, dude, I mean, 
I, it's, I don't know. I guess I don't really look at it like that. You know what I mean? Like, I was just kind of like, this is the coach. You know, I'm the player. You know what I mean? He's not shooting one ball out here. You feel what I'm saying? He's not. You know? I, might shoot, I might shoot 20 of these boys out here. You know what I mean? It, dude, that's all I try to do is simplify it. You know I mean? It's not real. It's not, you know, I'm going to take his advice. I'm going to take his coaching or whatever. But, like, so I didn't really see it as, like, a teammate. I felt like, you know, shit, I, I'd probably rather have him over just about every professional coach I've had so far. You know what I mean? Like, you, you I've seen some people overseas. I'm like, they're like, hey, I'm the coach. I'm looking over to see if there's another guy. I'm like, ain't no way this is the coach right now, bro. Ain't no way. That's hilarious, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you – That's how, think even in the NBA, like, you see how some players do coaches. They're like, ain't no way it's this guy, bro. No way, bro. So, oh, yeah, no, nah, I thought Ron was legit. I thought he was good. I thought he kept the – the the energy levels and everything together you know what i mean if we had a couple more ah it's tough because if we had that same team it'd be hard for us to lose next season i think think so yeah if if you add more purdue guys it's a different dynamic as well you know what i mean get aj healthy to play you get i mean long shot you get juan or someone Uh, why is that a long shot man see i did that on purpose so you think juan to play I, I don't, I, I call him and I call this guy, you know, he's, he's smarter than I am. So, you know, you're talking to me, you get me, but I'm calling him like, bro, like, why would you not? But he's smarter than me. So we got to respect his, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But I'm like, I don't know. Cause at, at a minimum you're playing on ESPN at 7 PM on Friday, bro. Like no you're going to, it's too fun, bro. Like, yeah, no, nah, because I remember last year we were thinking, because I helped Ryan a little bit. But last year, again, Rob was a long shot. And then, yeah. so, I mean, no, nah, I feel you, what you're saying. So I think if you can get the right guys and the Purdue guys and you you mix it in right and everybody's in shape and everybody's healthy, I think definitely you guys got a chance to win it. Come on, man. Look who won it, dude. That team was uh, – we should have lost Ohio State. I take full responsibility that lost Ohio State. I watched, bruh, Rafael, I watched these dudes all year. I'm into basketball. You know, Mavanga, this dude is doing step back 30 footers in Japan. Didn't take not one three versus us, bruh. Do you feel them? So you see the money shifts the player, which I didn't, I didn't calculate like people tensing up in that, you know what I mean? Like you can be tense, like miss a couple of shots, but like they weren't even taking some of the shots they go for overseas and you're on ESPN I'm like I I just I just read it wrong you know what I mean like no I feel you but no Kelsey man not from me watching you when I was in high school me committing to Purdue obviously while you were there yeah I've always respected the way you play I've always like you said thought you were the better defender on the one one of the better defenders on the team one of the better defenders in the league the way I mean, one of the first big guards that I saw, big point guards that I saw that fed into my game a lot going into high school. But from, I mean, just fans out there, you got a lot of iconic moments with Purdue uh, just throughout your career that people will never forget, memes, whatever. But yeah. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us. 
Um, anything you would like to tell the people out there? Oh, man. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I value my words enough to tell them something specific in, in such a way. No, because no, yeah, I appreciate it. Everybody out there, make sure you come up to the greater the kickoff this weekend on Friday. We'll be at West Lafayette. Myself, AJ Hammonds. Make sure you come check us out. We're raising money for our camp foundation, our to put our fall leagues and our winter league and our winter camps coming up. If you want to check us out, go to RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. Appreciate everybody for listening. Until next week, Rayfield Davis Podcast. Boiler up.